Jennifer, I don't know about you, but there was some of the sweetest moments when I was doing the middle of the night feeds with my kids. Now, I'm just saying, it was short-lived. It didn't last forever, and it ended up not being the most fun after a few weeks, but there is something so sweet about that time in the middle of the night when it's just you and that little one, and you're doing those feedings. I love my sleep. (laughs) Yes, you do. And I love my children. So I will have to say, I did have a really, really helpful. My husband would do the middle of the night feeding. And that is very much what he enjoyed. It really gave him an opportunity to connect in that sweet, sweet time. And I know that is one of the gifts of fatherhood for him. Um, That really made a huge difference. So yes, yes, I love, love, love it. Um, But you're right. Like this does not last forever. And I think the hardest time that we've had with our clients anyways, the hardest time to finally just wiggle those middle of the night feedings out of the schedule is when it's with the last kid. Like if you were going to have three kids and this is the third and you know, this is the last time. Like I find so often that those families have the hardest time because you just feel like a grieving period has to happen for one of the beautiful moments of parenthood. And so today let's talk about the transitions really realistically. And you know, how are we going to love our sleep and love our kids? Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the moms on call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. This week's episode is brought to you by Spoonful One. Spoonful One is dedicated to bringing awareness to the importance of early introduction to common food allergens. Spoonful One is backed by landmark research and was developed by a pediatric allergist and mom. They make it super simple. Spoonful One products provide gentle, daily exposure to 16 food allergens. One packet, once a day, for one year. And now, it is even easier to find Spoonful One. Along with major retailers like Target and Amazon, Spoonful One is excited to announce their launch in almost 5,000 Walgreens stores nationwide. And Spoonful One also has an exclusive offer just for Moms on Call listeners. Go to SpoonfulOne.com backslash Moms on Call for more information and your offer of 35% off their award-winning products. Hey there, this is Maggie from Chicago. I was just wondering if you could give me some advice on how do I stretch the amount of time between middle of the night feeds so that we can finally inch our way towards sleeping through the night. Thanks so much. 
Well, Maggie, I love that question. And I like how you put inch, you know, and and you'll often hear us say it's actually two steps forward and one step back and two steps forward and one step back. But there are some tangible things that we can do to begin that process and work towards sleeping through the night and getting rid of those middle of the night feedings but it really doesn't happen overnight. I think creating really good habits allows us to get there when it's developmentally appropriate. And I can think, Laura, of how many editors we like just absolutely frustrated to the nth degree because in our original Moms on Call, zero to six month basic baby care book, we had the middle of the night instructions on page 110, 111. And Laura and I did all these consults for so long, talked to all these parents. We're like, go to page 110, 111. And so we had to keep 110, 111 intact. It was hard because things came out on Kindle or iTunes. And, you know, the page numbers are according to your formatting. But we have been sticklers because this information is so requested is it's so important and we have different guidelines for different ages but in page 110 111 that's our under three months guidelines about what to do and I love how we walk you through it in the online classes because not only do we tell you in the book we show you on the online classes exactly what it looks like And that has just been so, so helpful. So just know beyond this call, beyond this podcast, beyond the encouragement that Laura and I are going to provide today, we have materials for you where we have curated the exact process of when to go in, how many times to go in, at what time, so that all of our questions as parents could be answered. So Maggie, let's start off with just some of the basics that we just have to make sure, you know, we assume you're a mom's on call mom. And by that, we mean you're following a routine that's for the age of your child. Under three months of age, you are swaddling correctly and not all swaddles are created the same. We are ensuring that you're using a sound machine and we're not talking about, you know, some little We want a really good sound machine. So routine, swaddle, sound machine. Those are three pieces that are huge to this puzzle. The other part of that is making sure that we're feeding correctly. So whether you're nursing or whether you're doing bottles, we want to make sure that we're feeding effectively, efficiently, and getting the amounts up. So if all of those things are in place and that little one is two weeks of age and past their birth weight and healthy, that is when we can begin to create some really good habits that will, as you said, Maggie, inch us towards getting rid of those middle-of-the-night feedings. That just means that we go to on-demand feedings at night. And by that, when they wake, and one of my favorite phrases that we use, Jennifer, is practice the pause. Somebody asked us just the other day, well, exactly what does that mean? Practice the pause. Well, I love how you say that because it's incremental. It's the inch that Maggie's talking about. 
It is setting good habits in place a little step at a time so that we are utilizing developmentally appropriate increments to try and allow kids to have the opportunity to show you what they're capable of. And if never given the opportunity, then we'll never know. So we just kind of push that in appropriate, paused, incremental opportunities so that they can start to learn a little bit at a time. And when we do it that way, and the way that we've kind of designed each step in its own little routine that we have in the typical day section, the success that we have had, both of the babies and the parents. So a lot of that is how we're feeling about the process and the stress that it creates in us. You know, So we just walk this a really great line. So I love how you've talked about that over the years, Laura, as a pause, like just take a breath. And you and I have sat with parents in their homes and just, you know, put a hand on top of their hand. So imagine that, imagine us with you in that moment, just putting our hand on your hand and saying, let's just pause for just a second. It's okay. Breathe. They are safe, right? They are loved. And they can do this. And that's what's so important. And I think, you know, just by knowing, look, practicing the pause doesn't have to be this hour-long ordeal, right? Just hold up a minute or two, maybe three minutes, maybe four minutes, whatever you're comfortable with, but just holding up a second. Because what we have found is that they will wake, fuss for two or three minutes, and go back to sleep for another three hours. So the purpose of practicing that pause, waiting just a few minutes is just to make sure that they're really awake and hungry. Because personally, if I'm going to do a middle of the night feeding, I want to do it because they're hungry and I want a nice full feeding so that I'm not feeding a little bit because they were half awake and then an hour later having to do it again and an hour later. So really the purpose of that is just holding up. Let's make sure that they're hungry. Then we're going to go in, we're going to feed them and get them back down. And what you'll find and what we have found is that typically you'll start off with probably two feeds most nights. Then you'll begin to get some nights where it's only one feed and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. And then as we get closer to that eight week mark, oh, you get a through the night night and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel like a million bucks. Then you'll still have a night or two with, you know, one feeds at night. And then as we get closer to that 10 to 12 week mark, Maggie, is when we really begin to get more consistently through the night. And again, some nights it's going to be fantastic and some nights not so fantastic and fantastic and not so fantastic. But typically we'll begin to settle into those through the night nights between that 10 and 12 week mark. And you just, you can feel the progression. Like we're just setting you up to go in that direction. There's a lot of transitions as we get from here to there and we map them out so specifically so that you don't have to keep doing the math and you don't have to keep, you know, keeping track. We really try to to map it out for you so that not only do you feel supported, you feel like you have the information that you need to move forward and that you can serve this process, this incredibly 
personal, real process that we've all walked through. And Laura and I have, you know, walked through with thousands and thousands of families. So we are excited that you're asking this question because we know that up in a few days or, you know, depending on the age of this baby, maybe a couple of months, that we will have a really sustainable routine in your household. So you are not the first one to ask this question and it has been answered um, hopefully in ways that you will find really, really helpful and empowering and that honors the relationship that you have with your baby in your house. Your baby and toddler food questions answered. Welcome to the Moms on Call Snack Attack, brought to you by Spoonful One. Let's talk definitions. What defines feeding success, Laura? Ooh, okay, that's really hard. So what defines feeding success? Is that my kid ate every single thing on my plate? Okay. I think that that's a lot of what we expect or or ate every single thing that I prepared and loved every single bite. That that's success, right? It all stayed on the tray. <laughs> yes. There was no mess. No mess at all. That is a success, right? Um, all of these things don't necessarily set us up for success. Anybody that's tried to feed a toddler will tell you. Actually, what defines feeding success is the phrase we say all the time. Did you provide the food and did you provide the atmosphere that they were looking for? Yes. Was it fun? Yes. If it could be fun and relatively stress-free, we just let go of those adult size expectations and we just concentrate on, like you say, Laura, a couple bites at a time, put it on their tray do the mom's on call smart paradigm test and see what other ways they love to enjoy their feeding experience. Maybe they're a touch toddler and they'd like to have a little nose boop every now and again or rub their little leg here and there. Or maybe they're social and they just want to sit there and enjoy this experience, looking at all the different facial expressions that you make as you talk to them. Whatever it is that makes feeding fun even if they don't really eat much and a lot of it ends up on the floor. Our definition of feeding success is, did you provide the food? Yes. And did you have fun? Yes. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive not just survive your amazing parenting journey.